Welcome to episode 17, titled Building Awareness in an Unconventional Households and How It Affects Trajectory of Children. In today's episode, I have a discussion with a colleague of mine, Diana Perez, about living in single-parent households. Now, as adults, we are reflecting back on how we were able to build an awareness of the things that we learned that were not normal and learn how our environment affected our trajectory in life. We also discussed that we were able to change and make changes around us. And so today's episode will be about an hour or 50 minutes, and I hope you enjoy our discussion. Because my mom was struggling with the two of us, we ended up moving to Miami um, to move in with my grandparents. And then that kind of shifted a lot of the dynamics of our like little three person home because now we're with our grandparents and, you know, she has to get another job. And and the job that she got in Miami, um, she was like a a nanny pretty much like taking care of kids and cleaning houses and stuff. And, And that was like a lot of work. So as from that kind of point on, from me moving to Miami to pretty much like the rest of my pre-adolescence and teenage years, like my mom, you know, because she was working so much, like she would get home late and it was just like me and my sister a lot of the time we would come home from school and it was just the two of us. So that kind of like shifted a lot, um, like in terms of our family dynamic, like we didn't really have access as much access to my mom as we did when we were kids. And there was a lot of like maternal attention missing there and and we didn't get and I talk about this in my episode too but we didn't have a father so we already didn't have that and then my mom's not going to be available physically because she's working but also available emotionally because she's like she's tired you know so that whole you know environment obviously it affected the way that I became like you were talking about earlier like the trajectory of, of my character really and the way that I am. And, and I've been learning a lot about, like I, I, there's this book that I just um, bought a couple of days ago and it's called the fatherless daughter project. And mm-hmm. I have like an audio version of it. So I've been listening to it and it's pretty crazy because like I grew up in church and, and I have a really great family, especially in Miami. I'm not there anymore, but I have a great family and I've always had like great friends. So I've always had a lot of what I consider to be blessings in my life. So I was never really conscious about like those kind of the, the need that I never had as a child. I was never conscious about how that actually affected me. And as I've been listening to this book, I've realized that most of my issues, like, you know, being a guarded person, having a hard time opening up to people and, and, and being intimate with people, all of those things come down to the fact that my father wasn't around. And I would have never made those connections because I, if I didn't read the book or, you know, also just research that I started doing recently, just out of curiosity, like, what are these effects? And I'm like, oh, I checked those boxes. Like, I didn't know that I was like this because of that reason. Like it had such a big impact on my life. Um, and yeah, it's crazy what, what, like when you don't have that, you know, maternal and paternal protection and love and nurturing, 
like that affects you in such a deep way. And I feel like people don't even realize that that's where a lot of our issues come from. And yeah, it's, it's weird. And that's why I say like, it's important to have two parents, but two parents that are loving, because like you said, you know, just because two parents are there, doesn't mean that you're going to get what you need. Like if they're not giving you what you need, you're going to be missing out and you're going to end up, you know, with issues down the line. So, yeah. Yeah. So it seemed like you didn't have like either. In, in, a, way, in a sense, in a, in a sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because your mom was so busy working. Exactly. Exactly. She was so busy. Like she had to like put food on the table, take care mm -hmm. of you girls financially. So she didn't exactly. have to be there. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you know, like I, you know, sometimes I ask myself, like, why do people have kids anyway? Not that, not, I feel like they have kids because other people want kids maybe. And they don't really know, like, how to be like conscious parents, mm -hmm. you know, like what it takes to really be like there for your child, emotional support, mental guidance, and like guiding you on what's good or what's not good mm -hmm. to do or, or act a certain way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of am similar in your way in a sense because I did have a dad, but he didn't teach me boundaries. Mm -hmm. Like when it comes to like relationships or like, you know, personal relationships because fathers and daughters, the da the dad is, is, I think is supposed to teach the daughter boundaries and what mm -hmm. is, what is a, what's a good way for her to be treated, mm -hmm. you know? And I didn't have a mom, so oh, it was like very frustrating um, mm -hmm. because I, you know, saw other kids have both parents or have their moms waiting for them after school or whatever. And it, it burns, um, mm -hmm. it burns. And, you know, there's this like jealousy thing that happens, you know, and it's not something that you can have. Like, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's not like, oh, I want her pair of shoes. You know, I'll go right. buy her pair of shoes. You right. I mean? I, I can't mm -hmm. buy a mom. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I, yeah, it's very, um, yeah, it's very hard. And, you know, we don't have that awareness as children. Like, we don't know any better. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're so, we're like sponges, you know, like it's whatever to fit in or to belong and we just want to feel like you know we belong somewhere so mm -hmm. now as an adult you know we look back and like okay so that was the cause of right my behavior mm -hmm. and then now that I'm aware I don't want to do that anymore and so you kind of have to make adjustments somehow either environment or inside of you to really change mm -hmm. and just to have that awareness and then just give yourself some grace it's even hard mm -hmm. to even do that sometimes mm -hmm. yeah. you know i yeah so no i i agree with you 100 percent. like talking about kids being unaware and sometimes parents are unaware like Sometimes kids are, they're just like crying out for attention because like when I think about my sister and I, we, we both grew up in the same environment, but we coped in different ways. And my sister, 
she's she's more um, outward and I'm more inward and we were both just really trying to cope with our situations but sometimes parents don't really realize or kind of see that there's a reason behind those outbursts or there's a reason behind that kind of you know shutdown that a kid can have they don't they themselves don't even understand the 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 wounds that get created from that lack of need you know that lack of nurturing whether it's from one parent or both parents so i think like it's good to have these kind of conversations because we are so unaware like i didn't i wasn't aware either until like this year when i started you know kind of doing research and and trying to understand where where what are the effects and do i have them and it turns out that i do have them and and now i know why so if you don't have that knowledge and information you can't even know how you affect other people especially when you do become a parent like i'm not a parent now you're a parent and you know this information so of course i'm sure you think in the back of your mind okay i'm gonna apply this to my son because i don't want my son to go through what I went through. That's what I think, you know, when I think about having children, I don't want my children to be burdened in the same way that I did. So I can only get to that point because I have the knowledge now. So I'm going to be extra careful with how I provide for my kid and, and trying my best to give them, you know, nature and nurture, not just one or the other. But, but it is a difficult thing, especially because a lot of us, like it always comes down from somewhere. Like our parents are the way that they are because most likely their parents were the same way, most likely because their parents were the same way. So it's just like this cycle that keeps happening. And and it comes to a point where somebody has to break the cycle and start a new, you know, generational family that actually has the things that they need. So, yeah. Yeah, generational trauma is real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, people don't realize, like, you know, like, because back then, or like generations before us, like kids were supposed to be like, not heard, like mm -hmm. you do this, you do as I say, you know, you do chores and don't ask questions, mm -hmm. like that type of thing. And then um, that gets passed down. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I was like, you know, kids are supposed to express themselves, mm -hmm. you know, and we can like, navigate on how they do that but they need to express themselves somehow mm -hmm. and that gets really shut down mm -hmm. and i remember as a kid like i couldn't really play with dolls because mm -hmm. of the relational trauma now that i know because i i can't i can't pretend i can't imagine i can't be like you know like having these my mind was like somewhere else and mm -hmm. i didn't have the capacity to imagine or to play in that way, like I didn't have dolls, but I played like out and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, so now my son is very expressive. Like I'll only say like, no, if he is in a safety issue, mm -hmm. <laughs> but if it's like safety, but um, other than that, I don't react if he screams like, or like does these weird, you know, how kids are they just yeah. are very active <laughs> so I don't react to that and my husband's the same way because we grew up in similar types of environments mm -hmm. so and yeah you know and we're really conscious about like do we want another one or should we wait or should we just is it okay just to have one you know we ask ourselves these questions because mm -hmm. it's like 
we don't want to have kids just because people are asking about, you know how when someone, well, when you have one, people are like, or oh, you can have another one. Mm-hmm. Or, or you might have some family members. I mean, and, you know, also, like, I didn't really know this before. Like, when we do, like, small talk or um, catching up with what we haven't seen in a while, what do we ask first, you know? Are you married? Do you have kids? Like, I didn't know that was, like, a, like, could be, like, not really triggering, but maybe so, like, not a good question to ask, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I didn't realize, I didn't realize that was not appropriate at the time. But I, 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 because, you know, we don't know, I don't know, you know, hey, Mm -hmm. how are you, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I noticed that over the years too, like not to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I had to learn the hard way. So, yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and just to go back to what you said, cause you had said it before about um, the reason as to why we have kids. Cause there are a lot of reasons that people have kids that are not actually good reasons. Like you said, just because people expect you to have them because it's supposed to be like a milestone to have them. It's like we have this, these milestones we're expected to hit at certain ages. And if you're not hitting those, then people kind of, they can shame you for it. They can like just pressure into it. And sometimes people have kids to save their marriages. That's like a really big one that happens often. That's just like, my gosh. And yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Cause I don't think people sometimes realize even though we've all been children so it's something we should be aware of but when it comes to having kids i think we forget how how delicate and how how like the the degree of responsibility that it takes to raise a kid it take it take, you're a mother so you know this i mean it takes a lot out of someone to raise a child and and to provide for everything they need that's like a commitment and it's a commitment for life and some people don't really think about that when they have kids. They let other voices get in their heads and, and they don't like, they're not really, you know, they're not doing it for a good reason. And they're not like, sometimes you're just not in a good place either. Maybe mm-hmm. you do want to have kids, but it's okay to wait, you know, a year or two till you get to the place where you feel like you can, you know, raise a child. But but that is a good point. And, and so many kids unfortunately are, bro- are are brought into broken families because those precautions aren't there you know those that mindset that kind of like hesitance okay do i really want to have a child right now is this the best decision like nobody really questions that they kind of just you know go for it and it's like oh i guess i have a kid now you know yeah yeah it's kind of like this expected thing and then like they don't really realize like Oh my God, like if, if that's the only reason you're gonna have a child is to save your marriage, oh my god, that is don't have one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go to please. therapy, save your marriage because yes. you wanna save it. Like and then if that does happen, the child is gonna be to blame if the marriage doesn't work out. Exactly. Yeah. That is such a burden on the child. Like how the child doesn't know anything. It's mm-hmm. this innocent physical being and, and it's brought into this world because not just because of their own existence, but because they serve a purpose to to serve something else, and it's mm-hmm. not—it's just a big mess. And yeah, unfortunately, a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. So it's um, 
so then I think about those those things and then the way that I grew up and I'm like did my dad really want me yeah. <laughs> like you know what I mean mm -hmm. and because of the way he acts I know there's some wounds there that mm -hmm. weren't healed or or provided healthy coping mm -hmm. so I don't know yeah yeah and, and, and that's something that that you kind of understand too when you get older like when you're a kid you don't see your parents as broken people. You just see them as like, you know, they're your parents. Like you don't see any imperfection in them. You don't see any trauma in them. But then when you become an adult, you can kind of be a little bit more empathetic and say, oh, you probably have some stuff that I could never have known as a child because a child is not so perceptive. But as an adult, when you become an adult and you're like, oh, this is the real world. Oh, okay, like I get why my mother or my father maybe acted this way and and you can be more understanding but but it's definitely still a tough thing to carry it's a it's a it's a burden that really we shouldn't have to carry so it's it's tricky yeah because when let's say you're an adult about to have a kid now all your like child wounds come up to the surface mm -hmm. or what an event maybe helps to make those feelings come up to a surface and then you realize like Oh, I remember when I, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. So, and so, yeah, that was tricky. That happened to me. And, um, yeah, it's sad, but, um, because, you know, I thought they were, my family was just, that's just how they act, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and then when you have someone look at that, um, because they live with you and they live it as well. Like they call you out on it and say, Oh, that's weird. Why do they act like that? Like, mm -hmm. I was like, they've always treated me like this. They only call me if they need something or do something because they can't handle it themselves. Um, even when I was pregnant, my dad was asking me a bunch of nonsense stuff to help him with. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I think that's why I had him a month early. <laughs> <laughs> the stress. So, yeah. the, I mean, I was good up until like the last week or so. Um, but yeah, I mean, luckily I signed up with a doula and she was there. We were supposed nice. to be a month later. It was mm -hmm. supposed to be a month later. But then I signed up with her on Monday and I called her on Thursday and said, hey, I'm in the hospital. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Wow. Yeah, only, yeah. Yeah. I only even know what that is because my best friend got pregnant this year too. I, I wouldn't have known what a doula was, but she explained it to me, but that's cool. That, at least you had her. I mean, I think something in me was like, okay, you need to get somebody because, you know, like you, this like coincidence or happenstance or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, thank God she was available too. Cause you know, because me and my husband, we don't have, like, his brothers don't have kids. My sister doesn't have kids. So our immediate family is just, because our kid is the, the grandchild on both sides. So we didn't have, like, an example. Mm -hmm. Or, like, you know, we're not close to people that mm -hmm. have kids similar ages. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, I have friends, but they're, I don't really get to talk to them very much. Because, you know, when you have kids, your life is kind of... Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, and then, and I, I saw outside from my husband, like, it's just me, you know? So it was very kind of traumatic in a sense because mm -hmm. my body wants to heal and then I have to wake up every two. I, I thought I was, I thought I was like a zombie for mm -hmm. like almost two years. Like, it is so traumatic. It's very yeah. traumatic on the body and. You know, I tell people, I have a friend that, you know, she's married. I was like, you know what? If you can have help, get help outside of your husband because it's very hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could do it. You could do it. But it would be nice to have a little bit of help, like on a daily basis, mm -hmm. even if it's just a couple hours, you know, because mm -hmm. um, because my mother-in-law, she's far away. She lives five hours away. And so she, you know, she doesn't really help in that sense, but she helps us in different ways. So mm -hmm. she's, she's does her best, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's just sad when I don't have anybody, but I'm, I'm slowly like not getting over it, but sort of being okay with it. Like I'm mm -hmm. okay with it. You know what I mean? I could live with yeah. it without that. So mm -hmm. I'm okay. So, um, yeah, that, so, yeah. That, that does suck that. And, and it's hard because, you know, we could get to a point where, you know, we, we want to understand trauma and we want to, you know, heal our wounds and we want to be better, but not everybody's going to come to that conclusion. So it's hard when it's you and nobody else wants to do it with you. It's kind of like, you know, it's harder because you're like, oh, well, I, I'm trying to be better and I want to make these changes to improve, but nobody else is doing it. So I'm kind of stuck in the same place in terms of like my relationship with other people because they're not changing, but I am. So it's kind of like a, um, it's like a tough spot to be in because you know that you're going to be better for it, but you kind of have to get to a place of acceptance where not everybody's going to do the same thing, but you at least can control your life and, and, you know, you as a mother and, and as a future grandmother and hopefully even as a great grandmother, you're starting this new thing with your family where when your son does have a child, God willing, you're still alive and you're still around, he can come to you for help, you know, and then his children, because they learned that from you, they can go to them for help. So it's, it's, it's good that at least you're making the choice to, to make changes because it's going to affect everybody that comes after you. And that's as much control as we have, unfortunately. Yeah, I totally agree. And like, and even if, you have to do the hard thing and separate yourself. Like if that's going to make you less stress or, you know, it's a hard thing to do, mm -hmm. but we could always choose our family. Even if we have to cut ties with others, because you can't change those people. You know, you can like maybe if, let's say someone can't leave, maybe they mm -hmm. can go and volunteer and not be in the home for whatever reason. Maybe, you know, they can do something that's going to occupy them and not, like, have them stress out so much, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but, um, but for some people, I understand that they have to cut ties and it's really hard to deal with, um, mm -hmm. especially if you want the family you know, mm -hmm. quote unquote family. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know what would have happened if I didn't have my husband. Things would have stayed the same. So I'm not quite sure. Or maybe I would have lived with my best friend out of state. Yeah. <laughs> There's, so, I mean, yeah, probably. it's hard when it's hard because some people don't really have. Yeah, they don't have like anyone, unfortunately. Some people don't have someone they can go to. So that is tricky. It's a tricky spot to be in. But yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, that's why it's good to make friends, like you said, because a lot of my a lot of my family is friends that I was fortunate enough to 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 grow up with. Like I grew up in church, so I have a lot of close friends from there that are still in my life and, and I've known them for twenty plus years. So it's good to have, you know, to meet other people and to, to connect with other people because sometimes those are going to be your people. If you can't, if your blood family is not, you know, people that you can rely on or depend on or people that love you, sometimes it does take making connections somewhere else. And, and like you said, you do get to choose your family a lot of times. So yeah, that's a, it's an yeah. option. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I see both, both ways, you know, like cutting ties and then maybe if you can't cut ties, you know, maybe you can move out or something or mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? But still yeah. like maybe control, maybe control the amount of times you get to see them. Yeah. You can control, you can control the telephone calls and the text messages. Mm -hmm. You can choose when and how to respond. Mm -hmm. So you can put up boundaries in that sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's a journey for sure. If, um, but, and then again, I look back and I'm, like, you know what, all this stuff has made me who I am. Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. like, because maybe with, I always think of the opposing view. And what if, you know, you have all the things lined up, but then you don't know how to deal when something's not right. Mm -hmm. Because you've always had everything going yeah. so smooth for you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's true. Yeah, I think about that, too. There's a lot of there's a lot of positive things that come out of a broken home too, like a, a sense of independence that you have, a sense of resourcefulness that you have if you had to kind of, you know, figure things out on your own. And there's a lot of resilience that comes out of, out of, you know, having to overcome difficult situations. And, and personally, I would rather, you know, ideally we all get to be born into loving homes and and get everything we need but but like you said that that makes it difficult sometimes to to be independent and to kind of spread your wings and it's not to say that you can't do those things even if you do come from a loving home because your parents can teach you how to do those things but but there are benefits to you know to to the rubble so i i don't look at my life as anything that I would change. Like if I could change it and I could, you know, have had my two parents and received all the love that I need, like I wouldn't risk it because I, I like the person that I became. I like the, the positive aspects of the person I became because of the broken family that I was born into. And I feel like when you are wounded in some way, you can connect with other people in a different way because, you know, pain is really like 
a bonding thing and it makes you more empathetic and more understanding to other people's situations in a way that you can't really understand if you've never had a need for something, you know? So there's, there's definitely like pros to, to the woundedness. You know, we do want to be better and we want to, you know, our children to be better and their children to be better, but we can definitely make something good out of, out of the bad always. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard at first, like, mm -hmm. but I think in the long run, cause it's like without suffering, there's no compassion, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, so yeah. Yeah. This is deep. <laughs> <laughs> We're healing over here. I know. Wellness. Seriously. I know. Seriously. Yeah. And these are honestly like, it's 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 important to have these kind of discussions and conversations because I feel like the the world that we are cultivating now with like you know all this social media and the internet and TV and it's so much more so much more distraction than than we had in our time and all of those things take away from from kind of like the spiritual aspect of us that needs to be tended to because we're so distracted by so many other things that we don't even realize sometimes that we have issues going on inside because we're like so distracted. And I feel like these conversations don't even happen often anymore because, you know, we're all like on our phones 24-7 and we don't even really have conversations with people anymore. It's just like scrolling through social media and you know, the routine. And, and so it's, it's important, especially for the generations after us, you know, to remember that, like, it's important to do self-awareness and, and to, you know, look inward and, and figure out how to be like fully yourself and, and, and what you can figure out what you can give to other people, because, you know, we all have our story and our story can really help other people, you know, feel like they're not alone in whatever they're going through. And it can give them a sense of healing just by knowing that someone else gets it, you know? And if we're not available to have these kind of conversations, if we're not available to, to be expressive and open about these deeper things, then other people won't, you know, feel like they can either, you know, it'll just be like a very superficial right. world that we live in. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think because people are not taught to like cope in a healthy way, mm -hmm. they they go to drugs or they go to whatever, mm -hmm. and so that I was like, you know, because you know I wasn't taught those things. I mean, I wasn't taught like how to cope in a healthy way, you know. But mm -hmm. I think um, I remember like journaling about my day when I was like 12 years old mm -hmm. you know uh but I didn't know how to like you know even do like deep breathing or like asking myself what I wanted like I didn't ask those things like who mm -hmm. asked those things yeah you know and then um and so that's why we get the opposite of it because people are not taught to like and, and I think now in today's world, I think people are are 
getting it they're like because there's so much like meditation mm-hmm. like visualizations now and like mm-hmm. deep breathing breath work like i think people are starting to get it because we need to calm our nervous system or reduce the stress the bad stress the distress mm-hmm. because stress is like can be an onset of like diseases and like autoimmune and it's just yeah i mean it's yeah so it's people a lot. don't have yeah because mm-hmm. we're humans so we need social connection mm-hmm. because we need to feel like we're connected we need mm-hmm. to feel seen we need to feel understood and so that gets put aside depending on the dynamic of the situation and so we have kids you know doing drugs or going to sex work or whatever the case may be and yeah, and then not, not that there's anything wrong with sex. I'm talking about like, well, it's yeah. dangerous, but mm-hmm. I'm, you know what I mean? It's very dangerous. So, um, so in that sense, so yeah, people are not taught how to cope. And I think that's the big thing. Absolutely. And people also are not taught yeah. how to communicate either because our parents are supposed to teach us how to communicate. And if we don't learn how to communicate, then we feel like we have to rely on ourselves for our problems, which is definitely something that I've always felt just because I never had that open communication or like a space where I could say, hey, um, I'm sad today. This and this happened that made me upset or mad or whatever. So we feel like those are burdens that we have to carry ourselves. And, and, and really what is supposed to happen is we're supposed to have people that we can lean on we're supposed to be able to let that stuff out and like i feel like that's why a lot of um people struggle with anxiety and depression and and all these things is because those emotions don't have an outlet they're just inside of you and they're festering inside of you and they're not supposed to stay there you're supposed to be able to speak it out and in order to speak it out you got to know how to speak it out you have to have someone who you can trust to to let go of all that stuff because otherwise we're just going to implode which is you know definitely something that I used to do when I was young is just implode a lot but it's so important to learn how to communicate oh yeah I definitely agree and like depending on like cultural situations some cultures don't allow that they <laughs> they expect you to be like they give you limited choices on like career options yeah they expect you to do this and do that at a certain Mm -hmm. time you know and i'm just like this is not it's very oppressing (laughs) and it's very controlling very Mm -hmm. like it's just i'm like why did you know i don't know i just feel like everything is like what do you call it like um face value like everybody wants to look good on the outside you know it doesn't matter what we feel on the inside Mm -hmm. but as long as we look good on the outside that's what matters to that and i'm just like whatever and so i i i I didn't i didn't have that like luckily Mm -hmm. i i don't conform because my my dynamic wasn't conventional in the first place Mm -hmm. so like you know, I didn't get married before I had my kid. I had my kid first mm-hmm. because due to COVID and other things. So I was like, ah, let's have a kid. I'm 35. <laughs> Tag <And> with it. 
<laughs> and so I was like, okay, let's just wait. And then, um, and you know, I, I, I knew I, the other side of my family was like, whatever about it. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care. They don't live my life. We're going to do it in our own pace, in mm -hmm. our own way. So, and then, yeah, I mean, you just, yeah, it's, it's very like hard to, to feel those things as well, because we're always, at least for me before, like I, I didn't want to be judged, you know, mm -hmm. but then I'm like, screw it. After my kid, I was like, screw it. I don't care. I already gave birth. What's more to, <laughs> yeah. Be like, so, and I think like finding like, I guess a purpose. Cause when I, I mean, I had a lot of jobs before I had mm -hmm. my kid. Um, and it was, it was just hard, you know, like, I don't, cause you're probably the same way. Like I didn't have the guidance to like guide me to where I want to do something I'm interested in, but also make money, not just do mm -hmm. the thing you want me to do. Mm hmm and so it was hard and and when i had him i had like two years to myself or with him too and it, it gave me time to like reflect on exactly like who i am or who, who i want to be and you know how i want to move forward um but I, I was i was like i wish i had this time when i was younger but it's okay <laughs> yeah everything happens for a reason yeah and and it's true what you said about like face value um i like the way that you use that word face value because it is so true like we're especially like i'm sure it's the same with your your culture and in the hispanic culture as well it's like you're supposed to like be so um impenetrable you're supposed to be so tough and and not let anything get to you and 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 really it is just like a facade for a lot of people because it's just the this idea that you're not allowed to you know show any struggle like you're you're struggling with anything no matter what it is like you're supposed to kind of do have this 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 demeanor of i've got it all together right and obviously if you're acting like you have it all together which no one has it all together um you're you're creating this kind of environment, like as a parent, you create this environment for your kids where they feel like they have to pretend like they have it all together. And like, we basically have to act like we're robots. Like we don't feel anything at all ever. It's just like, no, we're good. Yep, everything's good. Nope, we're not struggling with anything. No, we're fine. And and yeah, and that's that's a lot of the culture we live in too. It's just like this, this like facade of, of you know, we don't have any issues. We don't have any problems. We're, we're all so just like happy all the time. And we've got so many things going for us and yay. And, you know, there's not a lot of conversation about, you know, the, the beneath the surface, like, well, what is it that we're struggling with? What, what issues do we have? What do you find yourself, you know, you know, being sad about, or, you know, that, that awareness is, is, yeah. And even though we do have like a lot of, like you said, we, we do have a lot of like awareness about mental health. Like 
that's come such a long way. So many people now are so aware of, of mental health and that it is, you know, something to pay attention to, something we should strive to to have is, you know, positive and good mental health, which is great. But it still comes down to, you know, that social factor and, and being able to rely on other people because that really is a lot of times the cure for sometimes just speaking about something makes you feel a hundred times better. Like you don't even need much. You just need to know that you can say something and somebody's going to listen to you and they, they, they validate what you feel. Sometimes it just takes that. And you're like, Oh my God, I feel so much better. Thank you for listening. Like sometimes it just mm -hmm. takes a listening ear, you know, to get rid of all that anxiety and all those things. And, and we, we just, we're lacking that, you know, we're lacking that, that we have, we live in a very like independent world of a very, you know, it's my way or the highway or, you know, dropping people, you know, and, and it, there's a line to that. There's a, there's a line to independence, but also understanding that, that you do need other people and it doesn't make you weak, you know, cause I feel like that's also kind of this, this idea that if you are struggling with something or if you need somebody else, like it makes you weak and it makes you like less than, but it doesn't make you less than it just makes you human. Like it, everybody needs that. It's, it's a biological need to, to be around other people and to have that, you know, that's why people say it takes a village, right. To raise a baby. Cause it really does take a village. Yeah. And yeah. there's a reason for that. Phrase. It, yeah. Because the baby needs it too. Like the baby mm -hmm. needs other people, like other personalities or mm -hmm. they can choose who they want to go to for what, you know, mm -hmm. because the mom and dad can only be so much. Exactly. So that's very true. Yeah. But unfortunately, like, man parents i'm just like do <laughs> yeah. you really want to be a parent like do you really know yeah. are you going to be conscious about it like mm -hmm. i mean i thought i was gonna have four kids when i was a kid like i when i was younger i thought i was yeah. gonna get married and have four kids and like well no because things happen and i met my mm -hmm. husband a lot later mm -hmm. but that's okay too um but like yeah i don't know it's just a lot i mean it's a lot because Children need so much attention, love, interaction, and it's the simple things. And then some people are just not capable mm -hmm. of being present with their kid, you know? And I learned that this year, like being present with him, it's the only thing I can do for him, for mm -hmm. us. You know, that's the one thing I can do to help him like grow and mm -hmm. navigate this world. So, um, but yeah, it's interesting being a kid and growing up and realizing your childhood. Yeah. Was it like, you know, it's all this, it's like, Oh my God, really did that? Is it? Wow. Like, yeah. I, Cause my, my best friend's a therapist, right? So she, I told her, I was like, I didn't know that I was traumatized as a kid. Mm -hmm. I told her because when I think of trauma, I think of murder. I think mm -hmm. of like really bad crashes and like people dying. And, but like, I didn't realize my mom dying was traumatic. I mean, now that I look at it, okay, it was traumatic, but I did not in a sense where I thought, you know, 
like 9-11 or whatever. You know? Yeah, yeah. I So I was like, okay, so that was tra- trauma that I've been through. And then other things that I I was a witness to that was traumatic for me to witness. I was like, oh, my God, is there such thing as visual trauma? Because sometimes I just don't know how to, like, deal with what I've seen. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, oh, my God, this this is real. This is, like, this is crazy. Yeah. yeah. I was, yeah. It's so insane. And then, and I'm like, is anybody watching this, too? Because there's people around. And I'm just like, oh, Lord. Yeah. It's insane. It is. It's it's crazy because the brain is so, the brain is such an interesting thing. And it is crazy, like, how the brain is physically affected by everything we experience, like, you know, by the things that we lack, by the things that we see, like it literally does shape the brain differently. And, and it's true. Like you said, you didn't know you had trauma until later on in life. Like I didn't know I had abandonment issues until like a year ago because I wasn't even conscious of that. Like I did, I never even gave it a second thought. And then all of a sudden I'm starting to feel these things and I'm like, wait a second, um, where is this coming from? Like, this is new. And I'm like, oh, I guess like I have abandonment issues because technically my father did abandon me, even though I, I don't think about it that way. I'm not conscious of it that way, but my brain still, you know, developed in a specific way because he wasn't around. So even if I wasn't conscious of it, I couldn't help but have those effects, whether I wanted to or not. Like the brain is going to be affected by it. So it is crazy because I never, I never knew that either until I got, until literally recently, I'm like, Oh my gosh, wow. I didn't, I never put myself in that, in that category. Like other people, I'm like, when I think about abandonment, I'm like, Oh, well other people, you know, their parents leave when they're older and, you know, they, they leave and they, they got to know their dad or their mom, whoever the abandoner is. They got to know that parent, that parent left like, wow, how traumatizing is that? But I, w- I would have never put myself in that same category because I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that happened to me too, you know? It's so weird. Yeah, because I, yeah, I think I guess you never knew your dad, so then mm-hmm. it wasn't really maybe like an abandonment issue for you, but mm-hmm. internally and everything else, like, yeah, that is because our bodies remember. Like, exactly. Trauma. Our bodies mm-hmm. remember trauma so much. And then our mind catches up later for me anyway, too. Like then I remember, Oh yeah, (laughs) that's what happened. Yeah. It's so strange. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, now that we're talking about it, like, yeah, my dad did the same too, because even though he was there, we -hmm. got dropped off a lot on the weekends at my aunt's and uncle's house. Mm. Um, my mom's side and then his side too, aunts and uncles mm-hmm. on both sides. And I was like, what a loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't spend time with you. I was just like, no. Yeah. Like, and it was just like what you said, it's my way or the highway. He says, you, you do what I say, not do as I do. Like, that was like the lecture. Yeah. And then like, yeah. And I was just like, so full of shit <laughs> you know yeah and i'm just like wow you're such a kid you're such a like little boy 
And mm-hmm. me and my sister, when we did get along, we agreed that our father was like an uncle or like an older brother. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't a father figure because even yeah. though he tried to control us, like he couldn't mm-hmm. because there was like a lot of strong female personalities on my mom's side. So we were just like, no. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, no, because I mean, he's a very fragile man. So like when hurt people hurt people, right? Mm-hmm. So he tries to be a certain way. I was like, we're just like, no, like we're going to do our thing. And when we have been doing our thing, but you know, it's still sad because, you know, you, you, you want what your family represents, you know, even though they're like players in the game, but they don't do what they're supposed to do Mm -hmm. in the ideal sense. So, but yeah, like I'm, I'm used to not conforming. Um, and I, and I, I kind of embrace that Mm -hmm. because I can't be any other way at this point because the stars aligned in that way, mm-hmm. you know, so, and it's okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can only control what we can control. So at least we're, we're trying to, to make a, a positive impact based on the cards that we were dealt. We didn't get to choose them, but we got them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we can only do what we can yeah. do. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's episode about building awareness in unconventional households. We talked about some very deep issues and it was such a delight to converse with someone that really knew and understood the dynamics in which I grew up in as well. If you would like to hear more from Diana, please tune in into her podcast called It's Not About Me, as she also does Spanish episodes as well. As always, if you gain value from this episode, please share it with others and leave a five-star rating and a thoughtful review. Also, next week, I will have another guest star and we will talk about her line of work in childbirth education and how she helps expectant individuals to prepare and how to implement hypnosis for a more relaxed and positive birthing time. And of course, you can contact me at my email at hello at velvetytruth.info. You can follow me and DM me on YouTube and Instagram at The Velvety Truth. And remember, you are your best friend, so treat yourself like your best friend. And I'll see you next time.